What's up, party people? On tonight's episode of A Good Waste of Time, we are reviewing, more or less, two new games, new releases. We have Monster Hunter and Kingdom Come. And we also get to hear about Chris's trip to Florida. And Zach discusses gun stuff and schools and more teachers, so deal with that, yo. Well, I'm so good. Wait, I'm... So welcome back, guys, to A Good Waste of Time. I'm Zach, and across the way, across the pond, the proverbial pond, my good... F- well, there's 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 got to be a pond somewhere yeah, between there's us. there's at least one pond. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Chris is over there. What what, what you know, Chris? What's uh, good? Well, hello. Hey, hi. I don't know what's, what's good. Okay. Is there any good left? You know chocolate's good? I hope so. Chocolate's good. Yeah, that's true. It is. Uh, yeah. Howl's Moving Castle. I, I watched that yesterday. God. Oh, man. It's so good. So good. I watched that yesterday. You with... need to start watching all the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. All of them. God damn what's, it. What's cool is like <laughs> Roscoe makes me watch them. He's like, I want to watch Howl's Moving Castle. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, fuck, this movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's. I have a very strange relationship with that movie. When I was in college, uh, I was... I was not the happiest individual. I was not the most well put together human being, mm. and I was very antisocial for a long time. Like I would, I would party a lot, and then I would hate myself, and so I would sequester myself in my apartment, and I would just have Howl's Moving Castle going twenty four seven in my living room just to to try and like balance out my my darker mood. On on my view of the world. Well, that movie that it's movie a goes kind of strange insight. I wasn't planning on sharing. No, I'll... well there you go. <laughs> but yeah. but that movie also has a little bit of a dark side to it. So yeah. yeah, it makes sense. It's like reflecting all of these things going on in your life. It's like social happiness, studying, and then turning into a, a gloopy a gloopy magician thing. Gloopy dupes. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Gloopy dupes. I've never heard that word. Gloopy dupes. You know what? I like okay. it. Okay. I like it too. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, I I I think we we should make it into a word. Yeah. That's our next our next band, I think. Gloopy dupes. So cool, man. Uh I wanna hear about Harry Potter. Did you meet did you meet Harry Potter? Uh <laughs> No, they there, Universal was was definitely not not as character oriented as Disney World mm. was. Uh, I enjoyed Universal way more than I enjoyed any of the Disney World parks. Yeah, though. because I we we went to Harry Potter World first thing in the morning, and all the rides had zero lines. Wow. I didn't have to so wait for anything. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I think the longest I had to wait was I don't know seven minutes. For a ride, which usually people were saying it's you know up to an hour, so that was really cool. We actually got to ride the the, the castle ride twice in a row Shit. without having to wait at all, which was pretty cool. So is that like but, um, um, did you go on a weekday or something like that? Or no, no. we went on a Friday. Oh. 
Yeah. Ridiculous. We went to Universal on Friday and Disney World Parks on a Saturday. Uh-huh. How insane is that? <laughs> but uh, What the hell's the castle was, ride? Did, was there a castle involved? I'm going to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually like go into Hogwarts. Whoa. And it's really kind of cool because the waiting line is kind of interactive. You you go through the greenhouse and then certain classrooms and there's little films playing or the paintings are talking nice. to each other. So it, it kind of gives an, a nice sense of immersion as you're waiting for the ride itself. Which, evidently, roller coasters these days... I had no idea that they've uh, evolved past the, you know, cars on the loop-de-whoops and the screams (laughs) and plunges and all that stuff. It's a lot more, I don't know how to say this, um, visually interactive than the actual motion of it. Hmm. Like the castle ride, we were in these little uh, seat things it was it it, it was like four seats to a person but you couldn't really see the people next to you it was all you in the ride i could barely see kimberly as as we were going through it like i i I could feel her hand but we couldn't really see each other there was a barrier and i thought that was really interesting because it it took you away from any kind of social uh and it's endeavor on it and it was just you and what was going on and it i thought that that was a really cool idea and there was some 3d screens going on or not 3d but you know it was there was a screen in it and the ride moved with the screen so it made the idea or it simulated the idea of motion uh that was much more than it was actually doing and it was it was it was a blend between media and props Mm. Which I thought was really cool, and I liked it because I'm not, I'm I'm gonna be candid with you. Okay, I'm a wimp <laughs> when, when it comes to roller coasters. I don't like heights. It's not your favorite. No, I heights are are bad, and it's and it's not really even the roller coaster that scares me. It's my faith in the engineers. Yeah, there's a lot of trust happening there. I have there. zero faith in people I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, so this this new kind of ride that I experienced a lot there was a, there were so many rides that were similar uh, experiences. I really enjoyed it because I got the sense of going you know harrowing oh, all this stuff, but at the same time I never felt like I was going to drop from a hundred feet out of the mm. sky, which was really cool. So and it let me enjoy the ride instead of freaking out the whole time that I was going to fly out of my seat. Cool. So it was more oriented toward a, uh, an experience than like let's scare the shit out of you the best we can yeah huh. yeah and i mean they still managed some scares there were so few that i was like whoa but yeah. it was it was a different kind and it, yeah it was it was very immersive That's so or, cool. or immersive yeah uh there was a there was a simpsons ride Ooh. i went on and it was just adorable Aww. it was amazing i laughed uh-huh. The whole time, but it was it still had those those pitch moments to where you know your 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 tummock your tummock your tummy stomach your, your tummock tummock uh, yeah your old tummock <laughs> uh, would turn over because you were going down. It simulated the the idea of it, but it was it was I just loved it. It was it was it was a great experience. That's so cool. I yeah I actually was thinking about you and and that trip because on Friday, I I think 
the upper elementary, they were having some kind of Harry Potter party and they'd all like dressed up in robes and stuff. And they were making their wands, which is kind of cool. They all made their own wands. But one of the girls, um, she had like a proper wand and I was, I was asking her about it and she's like, yeah, I got this at Harry Potter world in Florida. I was like, holy shit. Well, I didn't say that to her because she's <laughs> <laughs> holy shit kid that's fucking crazy i was like my my friend just got back from there and i was like what did you think and she told me about it and she was like yeah and the cool thing was she bought the wand there and it would actually like interact with stuff yeah so i wondered if you if you tried that out well you know there was a moment where i was considering buying a wand or buying anything yeah. I, I, I i i did have a mug of butterbeer and I do have my cup. Nice. Um, I, 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 I spent the extra $7 to get the little butterbeer cup. But the wands themselves were $50. Oh, shit. Or so. And all, everything, like every little knickknack that they sold was so overpriced. Wow. It was kind of insane. And, and I get it. I get that that's what theme parks are all about. But... I I I, I kind of had a moment where I was I was sitting in in Hogsmeade, which you know, the the village itself is just so amazing because wow. it was a hot day, but it was it it made me feel like I was in you know snowy part of England, oh, cool. and because just the 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 structures were kind of towering over you, blocking out a lot of the sky, and there was a lot of simulated kind of snow going on, which was really cool, but. There was a moment where I was deciding if I should buy something, and I I decided personally that there was nothing that I could bring away that would come anywhere close to just how it felt to be there. Mm. And so I, I, I decided the memory was going to be just as effective as any little trinket that I could get, and it was a hell of a lot cheaper. Lovely. <laughs> so, yeah, and I took a lot of pictures. Yeah. And you know the greatest thing about Harry Potter World? What? It's right next to Jurassic Park World. Dude, did you go? Oh, yeah. Fuck. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. But it was for me. I Kimberly was not into Jurassic Park uh, area. So we didn't really spend too much time there. Yeah. But, man, as someone that's watched Jurassic Park, the first movie, probably more times... <laughs> Than any than all other movies in my life combined. Next to Hell's Moving Castle. Next to Hell's Moving Castle. <laughs> I repeatedly watch movies. That's that's the whole point of this episode. But it was it was really cool. You know, you're 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 going through and and they have like the palm fronds and all that, and then you hear the the raptor snarls and stuff, and you're like, oh shit! Dude. Which is yeah, it was it was pretty neat. And then the King Kong world was uh, pretty pretty jazzed up i was not like super into the superhero thing or anything mm. like that like after after harry potter jurassic park and king kong i was just like man okay yeah i took a really awkward picture with uh this uh girl in a hello kitty costume uh-huh. because kimberly made me and it was really strange <laughs> I, I don't know who is more uncomfortable me or the person in the costume <laughs> i could feel the awkwardness radiating off of her and i was like i'm so sorry awkward kitty yeah, awkward. <laughs> cool, man. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. And for those of us who have never been to Disney World, um, how was that? You know, in a nutshell, was that was that epic? Uh 
Yeah, it was. It was, there was a lot going on. Mm. And I felt like, you know, there, there's, there's several parks. And we went to Animal Kingdom first, Magic Kingdom. Then we went to Epcot. We, we did not go to Universal or uh, Hollywood Studios or whatever it was. Okay. Because most of it's under construction. But uh, Animal Kingdom was really cool because the Avatar area, I was not a big fan of that movie, but man, that side of the park was pretty dope. Very cool. Like just, yeah, just everything that they constructed there. I was, I was, I was pretty impressed. But the, the biggest problem I had with Disney wasn't really from the park is because we, we got into the parks for free. Oh, nice. And... In Disney, we we had one of Kimberly's old friends showing us around, and he was a very nice guy, funny dude. I I enjoyed his company a lot. The only crappy thing about that though was that he had been you know working at Disney for years and years, so we were with someone that wasn't really into it yeah, in a way, sure. like you know into it like the way that your first intro yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to go do this, and he's like, nah, don't worry, it's 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 done. Yeah, there's like no mystery. And I'm like, well. Yeah, and and so a lot of the rides that I, I was like, man, that looks awesome. He's like, nah, we'll 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 come back later. Mm. We never did. And the only ride that we really went on was this uh, river safari, which we waited for like almost two hours to get on, and it was it was it was painful. Yeah. Was there animals <laughs> like? No, oh no, it was it was like you 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 go in a circle in this moat. <laughs> And the girl that was our navigator was just uh, narrating this very rehearsed, very, you could tell that she had said the exact same thing all day long already. And that she just did not care. Like, she was just reading out of a book. And they were all, like, super lame puns. And I tell some bad jokes. And I was was cringing. I was like, oh, man, that is bad. That is beyond bad. Yeah, and so after that, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. It was it was still fun to like walk around. We got to experience a lot of the parades and stuff, which were really uh-huh. cool. But I found my 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 favorite part about Disney was after he left, and Kimberly and I. Well, like yeah, that sounds bad. I, I, I again, I, I I really liked this guy. He was really nice, but. After he left, it opened up the chance for us to actually yeah. go do rides. Right, right. Because the minute he left, we went and did a ride called Soren, which he was super adamantly against because he said the line was going to be super long. We shouldn't even bother going. Yeah. It took about uh, 50 minutes in okay. line, which, eh, it wasn't that bad. And it it did lead to one of my favorite things that I've ever seen with Kimberly in my life. Cool, I want to hear it. We got up to the front of the line, and there's a there's a guy, or, you know, up. up of an employee that asks you how many are in your party to see if if there's a seat for okay. you. Okay. And so Kimberly is on her phone, and we get up, and the guy looks at us and he says, "How many?" And I don't say a word. I just hold up two fingers. And Kimberly, uh, and, and you know, we're, we're kind of going forward, and Kimberly is still looking at her phone. She says three, and the guy kind of halts us and he's like, "Wait, what?" And for some odd reason. I don't speak again, and I just hold up my fingers again for two. And Kimberly says three, <laughs> and the guy was like, "What's going on?" 
And Kimberly looked up, and she's like, there's three of us. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's just us. And she was like, oh. And she just looked around, and she was like, sorry, there's two. And he was like, he just looked so confused. Like, he, his mind was in a train wreck he was like what the hell just That's happened beautiful and everyone aligned was like what the fuck <laughs> but you know i the the reasoning why she said three is because jeremy had been with us right of course and he had just left us so you know it and she, and she was distracted on, on our phone so it totally makes sense that she would say three and also without me saying two right to remind her that it's just us <laughs> It it must have been confusing for all parties. I thought it was hilarious. That is good times. That that's worth yeah. going to Disney World just for that. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> get on the plane. But yeah, and and and, and again, I, I definitely don't want when it ran away with that that I did not enjoy the our guide's company or what what he did for yeah. us. I'm very very grateful for that. But yeah, it's I I I, I just wanted to experience rides. Yeah, you know. Like I wanted to get in there and do it, and it was just fun whenever we were kind of like let off the leash and able to run around and go do our stuff because we we did a few other rides after that and they were all a blast. Cool. So yeah, yeah, I'm I I'm surprised that Kimberly needed a guide because I she worked there for what a year or two something like that. Yeah, well, that's the thing is we, she didn't need one, but uh, evidently what they do with their guest passes now because Universal we got them for free. And we were just sent like a confirmation number, mm. and we printed out our tickets. Whereas in Disney, the person has to be there because if they lose their cards, it costs like fifty dollars to get new mm. ones because it's like fingerprint scan and all that crap. So he had to be with us. Like it was, it was either he would hang out with us for the day, or he would like just meet us at each park gate and let us in, and he'd go back and do his thing, which parking and getting the shuttle was just too much of a hassle mm. so it it just made more sense for him to hang out with us and they're old friends so that was really cool that they got to catch okay. up and he he i i feel like like he should be uh going towards like a career on on some kind of stand-up because there was a, there were a few times where i was like you're funny yeah. man. You're good. <laughs> i like that joke a lot nice yeah well that's so cool I mean, I got to admit, as a little kid, I was like, man, I want to go there. But, you know, my parents, my grandparents kind of raised me. They were like, "Um, you want to you want to eat food, right? And I was like, yeah. They're like, well, (laughs) then we're not doing that shit. And, you know, you you get it when you're kind of, you know, when you're pretty poor growing up, like that kind of shit's out of your reach. But now that I have my own child. And um, I I don't know, man. I, I'd like to make it down there sometime. So I got to ask the the biggest question is like, how much alcohol can you buy at Disney World? Because I think that's the only way to get through the those lines is just having a nice beer. Uh yeah. You know, I felt like Universal there was more beer. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up. There was a lot going on. Yeah. But I didn't really see that many opportunities for beer at Disney World. I, I of course, wasn't really looking in those areas. Mm-hmm. I was more catching the sights and, and whatnot. But I, I know that at Universal, and so I'm assuming Disney, people had, you know, they were carrying around beer. Oh. You could buy beer oh. all, like, all, all over the place. So I kind of assumed it would be, like, forbidden, but because but, it's like a family thing, but... Right, but okay. But also, you got to get the parents in there. It's also a family thing. 
It's also a family thing. Yeah, that is a two-way street. Which, you know, it was it was funny. The most miserable people that I encountered on that trip were families. Oh man, really? The couples like like us, you know, Kimberly and I, we're 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 both thirties, uh and we were together and we didn't have anyone running yeah. around. So it was, we, we were on the move. Nice. We, we could get places. <laughs> and so that was really nice. We got lost at Universal at, at one point and it, it wasn't a big issue because we, you know, we're both adults. Yeah. But yeah, there was, there was quite a few families that I, I saw were just having a terrible yeah. time, which I, I felt really bad for it, but I guess that that's, that's what yeah, happens. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, some of it is just like your expectation is like, we've seen so many commercials where like these families show up and they're just happy and they love each other. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> we get there and we're fucking hungry mm-hmm. and we're, we don't want to spend $90 on a Harry Potter wand. And it's like. Exactly. Yeah. The kid's like, I want a robe, daddy. <laughs> and the robes are $150. And it's like, you're going to wear this one time. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, God. Well, cool. I did love the fact in Harry Potter World that, like, everyone was wearing a robe. I saw this one dude who was alone because I, I saw him multiple times. There was no one with him. But he was he was just walking around in a Harry Potter robe. He was probably mid-30s. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was having a blast. Yeah, I, was like, oh. I was like, you know what, man? Yeah, nice. He was, well on he was owning that, man. Yeah, yeah, he was. I like it. I like it. And and the wands and the interactiveness of the of the Harry Potter land were really cool. Mm. Like there were there were certain points you were given a map and you could go to areas and wave your wand and it would make something happen, which I thought was really cool yeah. because they they didn't have to do that. Mm. They could just put a $50 price tag on a wand and people would still buy it right. because they're fanatics of the movie and they want Snape's wand or Dumbledore's wand. And they added this little this this little part in just to make it worth it yeah. to buy it there, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what my student brought up. She's like, look at this. And she showed me there's like a little LED like bubble at the end. She's like, when I was there, I could move it around and things would happen. She was, you know, she still had that like super excited tone about the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is something kind of special for kids, you know. I think that's really for cool. sure. Well, and you know, I, I I I grew up with Harry Potter. I'm a massive fan. Mm. Not not really of the movies per se, yeah. but the books. Okay. I I like the movies, but the books are are what it really meant something to me. Mm. So I mean, hell, even being a 31 year old and going there, it felt like I was achieving some kind of childhood dream. Nice. Like I was just closing that chapter and be like. Yes, that's sweet. Going down like Diagon Alley, and there's this giant dragon. Did did you see that on my Facebook page? I did not. The oh man, yeah. There's a giant dragon statue on the on the, on the bank, and it's almost kind of crumbling or climbing down it, mm. and it's facing down. And every once in a while, it breathes fire, and it was really cool. Wow, that is rad. So yeah, we 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 hung out in that area quite a bit. For quite some time. Is there... It was, it, was, it was neat. Like, how do people not get burned up? Is it like, you know... Is there a cage? Uh, I mean, you know, there was there were some people that did. And <laughs> they, they, you know, it's, it was just part of the part of the magic. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that that yeah. make, that that adds to the realism. It's just like... 
Yeah, I thought Patow. so. Right? You shouldn't have been on your phones. You and... shouldn't have been doing it. That's so cool. Don't mess with a dragon. Oh, cool, man. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I, I could have taken that and made it a lot funnier, but I didn't. Well, you know. It's it's a process, Chris. We're just it's, yeah. <laughs> speaking of a, I'm all like bummed out now. So well, speaking of a process, it's good to uh, catch up. We we missed probably two weeks with with traveling and stuff and weather and whatnot, but it's good to have you back, man. I'm glad we're we're uh, getting our show going again. Yeah, well, and also the the fabled loss episode, our, our second episode of the of the board games, right. Yeah, so yeah, we we might we might uh, pick that up again sometime. But yeah, Hexplorit has come in. By the Killer. way, just just a little spoiler alert there. So be ready. Nice. Have you uh, mm-hmm. have you unboxed it and looked at it and all that? No. Yeah, since since I bought it a year ago, um, I I I had it shipped to my mom's house because I knew that she'll never move. Yeah, anywhere. But I, I had an inkling that I, pro- I probably would, and I was right. I, I have moved, so I was. I'm, I'm glad that I had it sent there. Nice. So I'm, I'm just gonna come into town tomorrow and snag it. Oh snap! Yeah. Well, hey man. Um, I don't want to drop any names, but uh, there's a certain Jessica back from New Zealand. I know. I wonder if we should try to. Do you think we have time tomorrow to try to like hang out and figure it out? Uh, <laughs> I can. S- oh, the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. Figure. I'm sorry. I don't know where, fig- where my mind. Figure out li- life. Figure life out. <laughs> yeah, you know, just figure out the big questions. Forty two. Uh, I mean, it's it is possible. I I'm not sure what 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 time we're we're leaving, but yeah, but yeah, we will definitely touch oh, base. Oh, that sounds on. great, man. That'd be cool to see yeah. you guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it'd be nice to you guys. It it feels like a long time has passed. It's probably been two weeks, but I, I'm with you. I'm gonna say three. Okay. Just for fun. Yeah. yeah just for dramatic purposes. Three quarters of a month. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm. All right. Rad. Well, our um, I think our our main mission, our meat of the episode, is to talk about. A couple of new releases. Uh, you picked up Monster Hunter. I picked up Kingdom Come something something. It's like Kingdom Come Divine. Kingdom Kingdom Come Deliverance. Deliverance. All right, cool. Yeah. Which always makes me just think of the movie Deliverance. Which oh, yeah, well. Puts a very strange twist on a medieval game. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that movie is basically... Paddle faster, I hear loot. Avoid... That, that doesn't work. Yeah, avoid the Ozarks and bring a bow <laughs> wherever you go. But anyway. Mm. Oh, I was... Yeah, so... Yeah. I was supposed to talk about uh, Florida and the and the, and schools and stuff, but... You know what? Yeah. Fuck that, man. Let's just move on. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It was... Uh, yeah, I'm... Man, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what, what, what could possibly be said about that. Right. That's, well, the only thing I think I would like to say is that I am I am personally inspired by our young people, by the teenagers, by the high schoolers who were uh, affected, but also just connected because they're they're in a different school. But I just I am so inspired by our young people taking a stand and holding, you know, like there was this 
crazy town hall with Marco Rubio, 7,000 people. These high schoolers are on the stage with a microphone and they were like, they were, they were testing him. They were putting his feet to the fire and it's just so cool to see the fearlessness because, you know, there's so much like throwaway talk about how millennials are, you know, these soft, squishy kids. And like back in my day, we had to fight in World War Two and Vietnam. And these kids today, like they get they cry because their feelings get hurt. But these kids are are fierce. And anyway, in my in my high school where I'm teaching, we're we're watching what they're doing and we're talking about it and we're we're analyzing their language and their tactics because they're trying to make changes in their society to keep themselves safe ultimately. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that piece. I don't want to go into my personal politics, but I am very, very impressed with the kind of fire and the passion from our young people uh, after last week's shooting on Valentine's Day. Um, and it certainly has affected my school in many ways. And I, I know that it's affected our psyche as a nation. And um, I, I, I'm just impressed that, that the kids are the ones who are really pushing for change and really trying to push to make things better for everybody else. So, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I am still kind of just baffled by, by the whole, um, I've been reading a lot about, about people being like, yeah, oh my gosh. Like, like high schoolers are, 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 are saying smart things. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, (laughs) I mean, shit, man, I've, I've seen some brilliance from every age. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, look at, look at what's, what's happened with, with the older people in going on. And again, not, not getting into personal politics, but I think that, that, that youth is, is very much a, a force that is always to be reckoned with Mm. and never to be underestimated. Mm. And yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, the, the ability to change and adapt is, and to grasp things is so much more fluent for, for them. Mm. I, I say, but you know, for for everybody. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. No, I, I think you're I right. have faith in in all ages and all walks of life to, mm. to find the right right way to do things. And yeah, you know, <laughs> that that sounded really corny, but no, it's, it's I was trying good. to, to build up to uh to Ian Malcolm saying life finds a way. Mm. So we're back. We're back to Jurassic. We're back to yeah. yeah. We're back to Jurassic Park. I like it. Yeah, I think I I appreciate that because you know as adults we we tend to dismiss um, the opinions of of kids, right? And but you know, like playing Kingdom Come, <laughs> you realize like you know, kid. The term kid is kind of relative because in the medieval era. By the time you were 15, you were a man and you were like ready to have kids and have a house and to. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. And that's so weird to think about as that. a 15 year old girl, you were ready to have kids and to start your family. So, you know, the, the term legal adult is 
somewhat arbitrary. I think, you know, our science today tells us that 25 is kind of when your brain is fully developed and when you can really start thinking about long-term planning and long-term effects of your actions and stuff. But, but I think, I think what you're saying rings true is that, you know, as adults, do we just dismiss what young people are saying or do we try to somehow incorporate it and listen and learn and grow? So anyway, you know, there's, there's that, and I'm not really sure how, how 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 well this this fits into every, every everything but it's it's so interesting to see how when older people try and give advice to the young about something that they're going through and they're like well you don't understand what i'm going through and the older person's like yes i do i've totally been there like you just you just think that 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 you're the only one but and you know it's 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 assumptions that everyone makes about everybody else. Mm. <laughs> it's such a weird vortex of just personal stuff that I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I was going with that. I I I, I had a very valid point, and then it yeah. slipped out of my grasp. Well, it's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> no, but it's so, that's a good point because like you know when when a kid says you don't understand me, and we're like, uh, come on, brah. I've like felt I felt being pushed away from a group. I felt like I was incompetent. And that's all very true. Like the same core emotion is universally felt, but it's kind of true. Like you don't completely understand exactly what they're going through in that moment because like just think about uh 10 years ago and social media and sort of this kind of like constant um, crit- criticism of like being connected to everybody all the time. And, you know, I think I think for young people today is like throwing their photos out there and hoping that people watch, like look at them and comment positively. Um, on one hand, yeah, I did feel I felt everything that you felt. But on the other hand. I also need to recognize like you're going through a unique experience and one of those is fucking mass shootings in a school like yeah I mean we didn't really have to deal with that too much when we were not too much not too much so I mean it was there but right yeah but not not quite the way that it it is happening nowadays so mm, no anywho uh that that's some heavy shit yeah but I appreciate your analysis. I think I think it's I think it's really good to recognize the wisdom of every person, um, whether they're young or old. So so thanks. Well, yeah, and, and well, it's it's important not to write someone off just based on the assumption of you know age, uh, background, or 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 anything like that. Mm. It's it never 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 underestimate. Uh, another human being just because of something you are projecting upon them so true well all right now that we've imparted our wisdom and uh <laughs> or lack thereof <laughs> <on my part. laughs> i i'm excited mm. to talk about kingdom come but i i want to know about uh, monster hunter i have never played any of these games but this one is like so enticing for me i am like 
Like as soon as I have some loose cash, I'm thinking about picking it up, but yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I, I have always wanted to break into the monster hunter, um, franchise because I was an avid Game Boy DS player. So, and that's what Monster Hunter has always been. It's 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 always been a portable thing, mm. which works so much better than the uh, for the Japanese markets because, you know, a lot of Japanese gamers are very mobile mm. because in because you know you'll uh, commuting to work all that stuff. There's there's a lot going on in, and so they're squeezing in these times. There's not much game or home time, mm. I would think, mm. uh, and just from what I've read and whatnot, but. This is, I think, maybe like the second uh, iteration on a console. I could be very wrong. Well, Again, I'm yeah, not well-versed the last in the Monster one, Hunter world. The last one I saw was like a PS2 game. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, and this one is is very open world. Like, you know, there's the they've, they've streamlined it for not only console users, but I think more Western audiences. And my, uh, ex- my my description that I've been giving people is the game is Lost Planet 2 and Dark Souls had a baby. And does does Dragon's Dogma fit in there at all? It does. Okay. It totally does. Okay. Because the the mounting mechanics are are, are, are there the, the kind of like the gathering system is there. I I and also just the I don't the scope. Mm. Capcom has this very strange brilliance mm. in their open world games and it's it's strange to me that they have not indulged further upon it mm-hmm. and they've kept to the Street Fighter genre and you know just Resident Evil and played it safe for so long and I've read somewhere that Monster Hunter World was such a gamble for them. Mm. It was a high risk, but they but they did it and man I, for one, love that they did. It's such a great game, cool. and it's definitely not for everyone. It came out about a month ago. Yeah. So I'm pretty far behind, but I'm also very poor. <laughs> so, you know, it just had to happen. And I also went to Florida, so. Ah. But, yeah, I, 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 I sold some cards online, and I, I happened to have a little excess money, so I went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. I, and I have not played with other people. So I am missing out on a very probably awesome social aspect of the game because there's no loading screens in the world. You have these giant areas that are just full of interactive environments and loot that you can harvest and monsters that you can kill and you can track. And it's just so awesome. It just feels very alive and very lived in, Mm. which... I that was kind of the problem with Dragon's Dogma is that it was kind of the opposite. It was it was still good, yeah, but it was it was very deserted and desolate and very bleak, right? You know, Dragon's Dogma was was like the the Russian novel of open world games. <laughs> it was just a sad endeavor, but it was still good. It was it was still fascinating to be a part of. Uh, but yeah, and what 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 Monster Hunter does that I love so much about Lost Planet 2 is that it, it really focuses on these massive behemoths that you have to fight. Mm. And they're all different. There's, uh, I mean, I'm, 
not that far into the game. I've I, I've just gotten to the third area for people that know that. Um, but the there's so many different weapons. And they all have their different playstyle. Mm. It's 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 almost like it changes the entire combat mechanic of the game by switching weapons. Um, the there's a Dark Souls approach with the sword and shield. There's a God of War approach with the dual blades. There's kind of a more aerial based game uh, with uh, the insect glaive. There's the hammer that's slow, but they all have such different feels to them. Yeah. And it's really crazy. And it's and it seems pretty balanced to me because I've I've tried to stay away from any kind of guides mm. or a, a lot of the talk about it. But from what I have heard, it's, you know, ev- everyone has their own favorite weapon. So there's not one go-to weapon that everyone has to have okay. to be the ultimate DPS. And there's all these different crafting things there's forging weapons and armor you have to grind these giant monsters and hopefully get a piece of resource that you need to make this new piece of gear there's it's it's very delicious Hmm, cool (laughs) it is exactly what i like to do in in games It's, it's brilliant environments giant monsters that all look amazing very intense fights to where all of them that i've done so far have been at the, by the skin of my teeth at the at the, at the end nice. of it, i'm like oh my god i can't believe i just did that i had to utilize all these crazy just impromptu uh, techniques and, and strange strategies and i was like i hope this works <laughs> and sometimes it did sometimes it doesn't wow but it's just yeah it's it's really cool it's and and i'm i'm sure that there is just a ton of stuff that i have no idea about because i haven't been reading up about it yeah and it is definitely one of those games that i could be playing for a year and i'm 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 sure i would discover something that i had no idea yeah about well that that kind of makes me think about dragon's dogma i love that game to death but i could jump in to that game tomorrow and i have not i'm no nowhere near finishing that game there's so much more to it and there's a lot of stuff that I never even like explored or completed. So that that's also like a testament to to the development. Is like it's it's not something you just pick up and beat pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and 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 also I felt with uh, Lost Lost Planet too. There was a lot going on there, mm. and that was that was such a great game. Yeah. They failed with Lost Planet one. And then they nailed it with the second one. And then the third one came out. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> it's, it's, they just were like, screw it. And I, and I realized that, that I might be in the minority with the loving and praise of Lost Planet 2. Yeah. But I, the reason why I am so excited about jumping into Monster Hunter World with a couple friends, like you uh, and maybe Robin or something, uh-huh. just jumping in there with, with two other guys, two people not 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 gender specific yeah, two, two folks but, yeah two folks you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like that would change everything mm. and 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 you could plan out stratagems and have people wait up on a ridge and jump onto the monster as you lure them by nice. that just sounds amazing to Dude. me so there's this whole new part of the game that I'm very much looking forward to, but I I'm 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 still in love with 
with playing it solo. Yeah. And I've had my very favorite thing is your little companion. Are they're called palicos? Yeah. And they're little kittens, like oh. little kitty soldiers. I, I guess it's super That's weird. So cute. They're they're like these tiny, but I mean larger cats. Uh, but they're about maybe a, a, a foot taller or so, and you get to customize them. the The graphics are amazing. Oh, the cool. customization is was a lot of fun. But I was able to customize my companion to look very much like our cat Jade, which was really cool because I love Jane and she's my very favorite kitty in the world. Huh. And now she's in the game with me. Nice. Which is cool. Wow. Uh, but I was, I was just saying, I, I've said a lot and there's so much more to say, but I will, I will keep up to date re- uh, reports on monster hunter. If, if necessary. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to hear about kingdom come deliverance because that was a that was a really hard call to mm. buy Monster Hunter or Kingdom Come. Yeah, and I figured I would go with the one that has giant monsters <laughs> because Hell yeah. that's who I am. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Kingdom Come Deliverance. This is this is a medieval open world game that does not d- dabble in the um, familiar pitfalls of magic or fantasy. Yes. Uh, mumbo jumbo, one might say. Yeah. This is like a straight up legit medieval game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I got to say, like, one thing I'm really impressed about your description of Monster Hunter is like how the single player is sort of drawing you into wanting to play multiplayer. I think that's quite a feat is like it's so good as a single player game that you're interested in seeing how it plays with other people so i think that's pretty cool well and also offering up the the fact that whilst playing single player you are already planning all these ideas Mm. of how um to coordinate assaults and attacks and hunts with more people and how just awesome that would so much better it would, it would it would make certain things and i'll be right back because my cat just got in and it's messing with my gloomhaven board no so evil one cat <laughs> yeah one, all right one no problem all right i'm back sorry about Chris. that all right so yeah deliverance yes where were we kingdom come wait <laughs> deliverance it's kingdom come deliverance <laughs> well yeah <I> know. <laughs> it's just funnier to say deliverance it's true well, um, you know, I have a lot of great things to say about this game. And um, I have a list of like 24 bullet points. So I think I'll just read those. And my um, my journey will be to read them without going into deep exposition. So just I want to try to read the bullet points and then come back to some of them. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my challenge here. Cool. Okay, so I'll just read the bullet points. Kingdom Come is a peasant simulator. And the key conflict is between two noblemen, Wenceslas and Sigmund. Sigismund. Sigismund. Um, It's a tight story rooted in history. It has really intimate interactions between characters. Role-playing... 
Dot, dot, dot. So I want to come back to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Very interested to see where that goes. Dot, dot, dot. Feels very, with an underline, very cinematic. First person lens to playing in a movie. Food poisoning. Overeating. Sounds like it would be too much, but it fits quite well. First quest is finding your parents' bodies to lay them to rest. Coming Coming back to the raided village is pretty emotional. Combat feels heavy, and it isn't super frequent. Interactions and dialogue has a finality to it. Save system makes choices more significant. Very medieval soundtrack. Crazy dream sequences. What? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Christianity... And peasant life. Mm-hmm. It's cool that the medieval era is enough to make a good RPG. No dwarves or magic. And then the last point, the Millers with three exclama- uh, exclamation points. So I um, I got to say, this game is fantastic. Uh, it is not my favorite game, and it's not my favorite RPG, but... What's weird is it's the best RPG I've ever played. So I'm trying to figure this out in my head. It's like, it's certainly not my favorite RPG. Like Witcher 3 was my number one and it will stay there for a long time. Right. But this game is a better RPG. So that's kind of weird for me. It's like figuring out like, A, what is a role-playing game and what makes a good game? So The Witcher was a great game and it is a role-playing game by you know i think any traditional definition but the game kingdom come i think has just totally redefined what role-playing games are and there's a few reasons for that but it's weird to say like it's the best role-playing game ever played but it's not my favorite (laughs) role-playing Role playing. I totally get what you're <laughs> okay, saying. Okay, thank though. you. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully, everyone else does too. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, you know, we're the only ones in the room. Yeah. Quote, quote unquote. Right. We'll, we'll so, be yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's such a tight cinematic experience. It really is. I mean, we talked about how until dawn felt like playing through a movie yeah and kingdom come is similar except there is like active combat and um you you have some skills there you get to steal things and you make choices and you're you're responding to dialogue for me this really feels more cinematic than any other game i've ever played and it really feels more like a role-playing game than any other I have ever played. And that's so weird for me to say because I, I mean, role-playing games are my, it's my favorite genre. Uh, but I just feel like this one has somehow focused that camera. You know, they focus the zoom in a way where you really feel like you are Henry. This is your role. You're playing as this blacksmith's son and all of this shit has gone down and you're making your way through the world. Um, when I played as Geralt, I 
I didn't really feel the same connection to Geralt, even though he's such a crazy, awesome character. Yeah, I felt just like him. Awesome. Well, uh, well good yeah. good for you. <laughs> Sorry. That's badass. <laughs> but, you know, with Henry, like, he's um, he's a really cool character. He's, um, you know, this up-and-coming adult, and he's making decisions that he's kind of been thrust into these situations where you're making these choices for him. And it's it's really one of the best role-playing games I've ever played. It is the best role-playing game, although not the best at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. But there's a lot to say about it. Uh, one thing I might say is there's been a lot of complaints about bugs and maybe lack of polish. And I think there is something to that. I've seen some kind of crazy weird shit happen in the game. And it certainly breaks immersion. doesn't really break the game. Um, I, I think that 60 bucks was a bit, um, I think it was a bit much. I think these guys might've had their, their, uh, Kickstarter funding go to their head and they're like, well, you know, everybody wants this game. I, I'm happy to have paid $60, but I would say for most people who are kind of holding off and waiting, I'd say like the 50 bucks or the $40 mark is probably ideal just because at least right now there's there there are things that happen in the game that aren't supposed to and it, it can be frustrating i'm kind of happy to work through those because i'm just i'm excited about a new kind of experience and like rethinking about role what role-playing games are and how they might operate so i i'm not at all uh disgruntled but i would imagine most people like when you see this guy pick up a sack of flour and he just like spins and a 360 degree circle like 4,000 times you'd be like that's pretty weird but probably not historically accurate <laughs> yeah that is not historically <laughs> accurate they didn't anyway. do that that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> right that was ridiculous <laughs> so so there so and there are moments like that where you're like oh fuck man they should have fixed that before they charge somebody 60 dollars you know for because that's like a triple a title that's the kind of price you would you would expect yeah right? oh yeah yeah. Anyway, uh, you 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 said Kickstarter. Not not to interrupt your your train of thought here, but I had no idea. Was this a Kickstarter game? It was. I think about three years ago. It, what? Yeah, about three years ago, it was a Kickstarter project, and it was fully funded. I I did not pick it up then. I picked it up through Steam after kind of fa- finding out about it through like you know IGN or some something like that. But yeah, it, huh. it was funded through Kickstarter, and I think that's why they charged sixty bucks. They they probably shouldn't have given, you know, the the number of bugs that are happening. Right. So, well, if No Man's Sky can do it, fuck. anyone can. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, uh, you 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 are playing it on on your PC. Yes. Now I have heard uh, that it's very graphically demanding. Is that is that true? It could be. I have uh, I have two nine fuck. What do I have? Nine seventies. I forget. But it's not the ten eighty, but it's the one below that. Um, I have two of those in SLI, and it's it's a beautiful game. It really is. Like 
as far as the the graphical fidelity it's it is quite lovely and ooh i like that phrase graphical fidelity that should be a new that should be our next band that should be a yeah yeah man you are you're on it with band names tonight yeah. <laughs> eagle eye tiger oh <laughs> I, it is beautiful it's a beautiful game and you know i i am interested in history i'm a student of history and they have set a game in the Holy Roman Empire dealing with like Christianity and how it affects every aspect of life. I don't I cannot think of another game or film that gives this like moment in history the credit it's due. And it, it's it's so impressive. I mean the gameplay, the graphics, the characters, but mostly the setting of like, hey, we're going to make a role-playing game in the holy in the height of the Holy Roman Empire and try to show what it would be like to be a peasant in that time. Like who does right? that? That's who does really that? weird. It's super weird, but it's such a great game. I, uh, but you know, and and I think with the constant like just churning out of uh, properties in in video games and stories, that it find like there is this weird outlet for niche games like like this, mm-hmm. niche, like these stories to be told, and actually people are are so thirsty for something new that they'll act they're actually willing to look into it, mm-hmm. which I I I, I feel like. Perhaps maybe is not always the case uh, in times past. Hmm. Who knows? That that could have just been like a thought that flew into my mind. But I I, I wanted to ask two things. Okay. One, uh, you were talking about how it is so reliable and close to the actual source material. So, like, uh, the, my question is for a player as such such as my myself who always does the righteous path and, you know, tries to be the best of the best decisions mm. and always very, very goody-goody two-shoes because for some odd reason I cannot <laughs> be a horrible person in games. That's good. It's it's physically impossible. Uh, how, 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 how would that work? Like, is there choice-based conversations? Are, are, are there certain moments where you need to kind of uh, you know, pardon pardon the the joke here, but when in Rome, mm. kind of go along with it with with how they're doing things to keep yourself out of a shitstorm that might happen if if you were trying to be like unhand her, sir, yeah, or something. No, well, the game is the game is kind of cool because it it kind of assumes that you're a really good person, and it when it puts you in these awkward situations. It assumes that you're not going to be a dick, but I am. I I like to just like mess with things, and so dude, yeah. If if divinity's taught me anything about you, it's, you are just inside a terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> well, when when I have a digital outlet, yes. Um, and what's really cool is like, you know, everybody you run to are like super devout Christians, and they're like, they just want to like do the right thing but there there's like a sect in the game and it's it surprised me it's the millers so the millers are the ones who make the flour 
and every city you go to, <laughs> the Millers are like the worst, most depraved, like debased, awful human beings that you'll ever. What? Yeah, they're so awful. But as like Henry, who is the blacksmith's son, who's trying to basically the game is about a couple of things. One is trying to get revenge. The first quest, and I, I don't want to spoil anything here, but it's it's pretty early on, so I, I don't feel like it's going to ruin the game for you. But the first quest is you have to go back to the village that was raided and find your parents, their bodies, and bury them. Now, beyond that being a spoiler, I just want that to sink in. Like, that's the first fucking quest this game is deep and this game can be dark and it um, it asks things of you that most role-playing games don't really ask. And from a surface level, when you think about that, it's maybe not a big deal. But somehow, and I'm talking about like the cinematic camera, the actual feeling of the role-playing uh, situation... Somehow, it was one of the most emotional, uh, engrossing moments in, in any, video any video game I've ever played. And I haven't put my finger on exactly how they did it. But it's, it, is, it is very much like playing a role. Um, but, you know, as you, as you play through they assume that you're like a good boy and that you want to do the right thing. And, and to actually kind of like pickpocket and rob and murder, it's, it's actually kind of hard. But once you get kind of mixed up with the millers, they're like these, the millers, you know, they, they mill throughout the, the whole country. Uh, I guess so. They, they'll send you down the uh, dark path. I mean, the, the first miller, he had me uh, dig up a grave to find a ring. So I had a grave rob. And and then I realized the ring wasn't there. And he was like, well, you've got to go into town and rob. Or you got to go to the guy's house and rob him. And I was like, well, I don't want to like, you know, straight up murder him. He's like, okay, well, he's, he said something about like your pussy scruples or something like that. Um, so he taught me how to lockpick. <laughs> And then I went to his hmm. house and I like lied to him about going into town to pick up flour. And then I robbed his chest. Anyway, these Millers are bad. They're bad, dude. They're, they're bad, bad, <laughs> bad, bad men. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really weird. I think that they answered my, my question quite a bit. And just last last little part. Is, is it first person only? It is. And somehow it just works better than any first-person shooter or, you know, uh, Thief was a first-person game as well. Um, I'm still, again, I'm trying to put my finger on it, why it's so immersive. That's the thing that gets me. It's got bugs. It's got problems. But it is the There's... most immersive, realistic believable role-playing experience i have ever encountered and it's it is kind of leaving me scratching my head because i'm i'm not completely sure how or why i think um a lot of it has to do with the camera 
and the cinematic feel. I think a lot of it has to do with your the the save system. You know, like when I think about Skyrim or Mass Effect, I just like save every twenty seconds. I'm like, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up this conversation, and then I'll if I don't like the results, I'll go back and yeah, you'll, you'll have your fun, see the see the dialogue lines, and then be like, all right, time to be serious. Exactly. But mm-hmm. with this game, uh, you only get three saves at a time, um, and you you only have three saves total. So saving in the like game, in the whole game. Uh, well, they they rotate basically. So you only have three, and then if you save, it'll delete the bottom one. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. So it's oh. it's like a circle, but your saves are somewhat limited. If you think about like Resident Evil and the the typewriter thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. No, I'd rather not remember <laughs> that one. God. Which is which means that it's meaningful, like. You, you can't just save any time you want, and you have to pick and choose when you do it, which means that when you make a choice, it actually, in the game, it, it's going to have some significance and meaning. So yeah. I, I, I am super impressed with the game. I think if they could have released it with a lot fewer bugs, I think 60 bucks would have been totally justifiable. Mm-hmm. Um. But but there's a few issues and and it's it's certainly not game breaking or anything. But I don't know, man. When you when you buy a sixty dollar game, you just kind of. But then uh, here we are, man. We're talking about fucking like uh, Star Wars Battlefront Battlefront Two or whatever. That game had a lot of issues too. So that game sucked. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. That was such a waste of money, man. Like, and I bought it on sale, yeah. and I still felt robbed. I think we got it. I played that game a handful of times, yeah. and I'm done. I've already deleted it. it from my PlayStation. Like, it's it's in my library, but yeah. I'd, I'd have to reinstall it. I it's just it's not interesting to me at all. I I I'm not sure. Maybe years down the road, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> looks good. Twelve years but, from now, yes, yeah. I love it. Oh man, this retro game. <laughs> All right, listeners, it's just you and me. <sighs> what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? I'm not sure. What do I have in my room right now? There's a bluebird of happiness right next to me. Don't even know where that thing came from. Does anyone know where their bluebirds of happiness come from? Because I sure as hell don't. They've always just kind of been in my life. And I apologize to anybody that doesn't know what a bluebird of happiness is. There's these weird little clear bluebird things made of glass. And they have always been somewhere in my life, in the house. And I don't know where they come from. Where the hell did this little guy come from? I would love to hear anyone's explanation of where they come from and, 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 and how they populate people's homes. I'm really looking forward to Zach hearing about the, this little section, this diatribe of weirdness. What was that about bluebirds? No, dude. I, I What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> Just... Peep and All right, cool. peep, peep crickets. Well, I hope that answered uh, the two questions you had. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find uh, I'm, I'm much more tempted to play it. I'm glad we did not have this discussion before I purchased Monster Hunter because I think I probably would have leaned more towards mm. Deliverance had I heard your ex- explanations of it. Because that just, you know, there's something about 
that kind of immersion in in games and it's and i honestly feel like it's it's more you than the game if if that makes sense it's your willingness to 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 dive into it like you know you just kind of have this pre-loaded i don't i don't i I don't want to say love but just this fascination with it that you know you just you just want it so bad (laughs) and like for some reason so you just kind of let a lot slide Mm. and just enjoy it and whenever you're just gonna enjoy a game it it draws you in and i and i like you know much uh like whenever i was was talking about lost planet 2 i i love that game yeah it's totally different kind of immersion but i i just let it let it be fun Mm. and it was it was was great yeah so yeah it's 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 very uh inspiring to to hear that and i'm and i'm super excited to pick it up cool yeah, I, I want to hang out and uh, just kind of do some playthroughs together. I I mean, the two biggest takeaways for me is, one, you don't have to have fucking dwarves to have a good medieval role-playing game, which... No, you don't. You do not. And, and somehow, like, rooting it into classical history makes it... Uh, makes it a lot more heavier, I think. It makes it more meaningful and um and i think somehow they were able to treat the christianity aspect in a very respectful way and i have always been interested because i i teach history i teach the medieval era and i'm always trying to relay to the kids how important christianity was to like your day-to-day life and this game nails it. It somehow gets it right. And, you know, there are outliers like the Millers and stuff. But, like, you walk up to somebody and they're like, God be with you or God be praised. or And there's, like, you know, pictures of Jesus all over the place. And it, it, right. it never feels forced. It's such, it's such a natural environment that, that, that the developers created. I'm... I am thoroughly impressed with this game and it's, it's also fun. You know, eventually it, it sounds like the game's kind of just heavy handed, like fucking food poisoning. And if you, yeah, you, you mentioned that. What is, what is that? Well, like you just, you can't eat raw food and you, if you eat too much food, then you, uh, you don't get to move very fast for a long time. The game kind of like punishes you for these, bad choices that you make and you can yeah. you can get drunk and it like affects your combat it's just but it doesn't ever feel like it's too much or like it's um unnecessary and i don't know how they did it because most of the time i'm like this is bullshit like i'm just gonna sit here and wait but this game i i don't i don't know why i love it so much i probably shouldn't but i i do it's such a great huh. yeah it's, it's it's a good game so anywho that's exciting yeah i like that and the dreams i said the dream sequences like yeah that was it was weird like most games you don't dream when you go to sleep and it's not every time you go to sleep you have a dream but the dream sequences in this game are um they're pretty moving and they're they're powerful 
And I just think that that's such a cool thing is it adds to the authenticity of your character. It's like this motherfucker, he gets hungry and when he goes to sleep, he dreams. I think the only thing they could have, they could have added is like making you go to the bathroom and like have a big old poop, but they, they didn't, they chose not to, which this is an interesting way to say it. <laughs> it's just probably a good, good choice, but yeah. anyway, so cool that that's my game. Yeah, man. That is, that is your February game. Yeah. Very cool, man. We, and we are now we're entering some, some, some pretty choppy, choppy seas as, as far as game releases come, man. Mm. So it's time to start pinching those pennies, folks. Oh, shit. We got a lot of good games coming up. March and is, uh, what, five days away? It's, yeah, um, I know. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Did I lose you? Yeah. So What's wait. coming out next? Like, what's coming out in March that you, you're excited about? Oh my god, Don't Starve Mega Pack is coming to PlayStation 4. That is amazing. This is a bad idea. I should never look at games that are coming out. Then I want them all, and I'm talking to myself. But I'm recording. So mayhaps this will entertain someone one day. Alright, and I'm Chris. That's an outro right there, just in case you needed a little sound bite. Here's another. Here's here's some other sound bites. Just just in case you need them. What? Oh my God! Did you see that? No, that doesn't work. This is this is a, uh, an audio, an audio, not visual. Uh, I heard that one, partner. There's not a snake in my boots. I'll stop now. I this is these are terrible sound bites. No one's ever gonna use these. So okay. Well done, good.